All right, hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Geek Garage podcast of 2021. Hi, everyone. Obviously, that is not the voice of the sultry Ted White. Um, That is the voice of Mr. Jeff Breedwell. Hello, Jeff. Hey, David. How are you? I am excellent. How are you doing? Man, man, man. It is 2021 and... It is 2020 part two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I'm going to be one of those like positive people that that is like maybe just maybe this year will be like different in a in a good and better way. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really holding out hope. You maybe know, the, just, just blissful ignorance. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe like, you know, the rule for sequels, like the majority of the time a sequel to a movie is going to suck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's 2021. That's And also, that's a little bit of foreshadowing. That It is a little bit of foreshadowing, but... For, for this episode. For this episode. But yeah, Ted is... He is technically on vacation. It's like a mini sabbatical. Um, but yes, uh, nice. stepping, stepping in his stead is... Mr. Jeff Reedwell, who uh, obviously we've introduced already, and I'm not trying to reintroduce him <laughs> again because that would be nonsense. Should um, I go out and come back in? I just like pop out, yeah, pop in, pop out, pop I don't, in. Like, I don't think that's I don't think that's necessary. But yeah, Jeff, um, <laughs> you and I. Uh, so you're you're a listener of the podcast. Um, I am. Yeah. You're, you're also one of our um, beloved Patreon donors. Um, oh, yeah. That's me. Uh, and we've also been friends for, I was doing the math uh, about a half hour before we hit record. You did the um, math? I think, I think we've been friends for like 25 years, like 24, 25 years, something like that. Because um, like I've, I've been, I moved to, moved from California to Nashville when I was uh, about 10. Yeah. 10 or 11. It, it was in like 94. Mm-hmm. And then I. We met in fourth grade, so whatever age fourth grade is, I want to say, you know, maybe 10 or 11. So we were basically friends since the fourth grade. And that, that, sir, is a long-ass time. (laughs) Okay, so today we are going to be talking about um, Disney Plus's big reveal um, that, that they did back in... December that where they're just like, ah, here's this. You get a show. You get a show. Everyone here's getting show. Oh, um, and uh, press conference. (laughs) And, um, we're also going to be talking about Mandalorian season two. We're going to be talking about wonder woman 84, uh, and anything else in between that may potentially come up. Jeff, are you ready to dive into this and, uh, and get started? Um, I am. I want to go ahead and just, just blanket it out. I know because it's uh, just for the stuff that's going on. I know it's 2021 and I know it's probably been a few weeks, but spoiler alert for anything that comes up just in case any of our speculations might be true or false and we ruin your life and we untie your shoes for some weird reason. And in that case, I would just go ahead and suggest slip on shoes. They're so much more comfortable. Yeah, that uh, that would be very weird if we had access to everyone's shoes. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you so much, Jeff, for throwing out the spoiler alert. I actually have it in my notes, and of course, I sucked the big one and did not um, throw out the spoiler warning. So, 
Yes, thank you so much for for throwing that out. Obviously, there's not much to spoil with the Disney Plus uh, lineup reveal because uh, you know just as much as we do. But uh, yeah, for sure with Mandalorian season two and Wonder Woman, if you have not had the chance to catch up on those yet, definitely go do that first and then come back and finish the rest of the podcast because um, we will be uh, getting into spoiler territory. Most definitely. Yeah. All right, so Jeff, as far as uh, so Disney slash Disney Plus, when they had their big reveal uh, mm-hmm. of their their lineup for it's basically a lot of stuff in 2021, um, but extending past 2021, like 2022 and even into 2023. Yeah, um, there's it seemed like there was at three big tiers. There was like old school like legit disney owned property stuff Mm -hmm. there was marvel slash mcu and there was uh star wars um and i figured we'll start with the disney owned stuff first i mean of course it's all disney sure but like disney 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 Um, disney stuff sure disney disney um so out of all the disney stuff that they announced what got you excited the most Oh my gosh, there was so much. Um, okay, so out of all the stuff that they announced, they mm-hmm. kind of got me uh, excited. Um, the Mighty Ducks got me excited. Um, Emilio Estevez is returning back as Gordon Gom- as Gordon Bombay. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren Graham comes into the fray with this, so I mean that's going to be really interesting you know you're gonna have the it picks up where the film's left off right you know Uh but i just wonder if there's gonna be a time jump after that you know you're are you gonna see joshua jackson (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) it's joshua jackson's grandkid you know no longer his kid that was 10 years ago right so that's gonna be interesting uh interesting is a good word (laughs) yes um something else uh they're doing a new Beauty and the Beast. They're doing Swiss Family Robinson is going to be in a brand new imagination. Mm-hmm. I'm only hoping that it goes into the multiverse for Marvel and kind of crosses. Um, <laughs> that would just be absolutely hilarious. Uh, they're doing John Stamos is returning back to Disney more so with big shots in the whole like girl power thing where uh, even one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite actresses in the whole world, and shout out to her on Twitter. She's freaking amazing. Yvette Nicole Brown mm-hmm. is coming in and doing a high school basketball show called Big Shot. Okay. That's going to be really, really good. Um, or looked really good. There's all that stuff that's um, that's coming on there that looks really nice. Uh, Pixar's got a short little thing that's coming out. Uh, later this month in January for Pixar popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, all the Marvel things that are coming out that we'll get into in a minute, but there right. is so much. Um, and then you have something which is very interesting. It's the new movie that they're releasing later on in March. Um, the Disney's kind of taking a cube off of Warner Brothers. Mm hmm with HBO is Raya and the last dragon. Right. Yeah. 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 I did see that. They decided to, are they doing the same thing with that, that they did with Mulan where you, you pay 
you know, like 30 bucks for it and then you own it? Or are they just releasing it like straight out where it comes with your Disney Plus membership? Uh, they're going to be doing the premium one. That's the word on the street as of now. Okay. Um, you either pay the premium price or you go out to the movies and see it. Mm-hmm. Which, in all honesty, is like, oh, hey, cool, you're cheap. Let's go to the movie theater and save the movies, kind of. But also at the same time, oh, no, we'll just wait till it comes on Disney Plus. Yeah. You know, regular like Mulan did. Um, but Ray and the Last Dragon. I really hope some more stuff comes out about that to where it distances itself from. um. Crap, now I'm having a complete brain <laughs> fart. Um, it this is itself, yeah, from Moana, excuse me. Oh, okay. Um, because the first trailer basically looked like a Chinese Moana. Mm. You know, you had all the, okay, cool. Oh, great. She's great at martial arts. She's great at bouncing back and forth. And she's got a giant slug as a friend. <laughs> Well, I mean, Disney has always been known for that whole, like, that, I don't know what, what you want to call it, that character trope where, you know, it's a quirky character with a very um, unseemly sidekick, one that doesn't really make any sense, but, you know, yeah. has, you know, one that's got all the jokes and brings levity to this, uh, you know, tense situations and all that. Mm-hmm. That's, the, you know, that's kind of like their cliched but for lack of better words winning formula you know it, yeah it's that kind of odd odd person out you know it's it's the same Disney movie trope that they've had f- for, for years since, well since the new Disney renaissance um, yeah. in the 90s they've had that mm-hmm. trope yeah um, which played off of a classic the regular classic movie tropes of the that screenwriters in the audience can discover via uh, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. Um, but you have that. Um, I guess kind of moving on from uh, from Ray and the Last Dragon, the motion picture side that's coming out within theaters for Disney Disney that they announced, uh, Hocus Pocus 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sequel where Adam Shankman is directing that. Yeah, um, I'm not too familiar with his work. I did hear about the sequel, um, and, yeah. and I remember reading his name, but I'm not super familiar with uh, w- what he's done. Uh, but I, I mean, like, I like Hocus Pocus. Uh, I'm not one of the the people that's like just goes ape shit over it, <laughs> like you know. Oh uh, yeah. But but I mean, I, I I'll I'll admit, like, I like it. Like, I, I like watching it. It's just. Um, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's. Oh my god, it's Hocus Pocus! It's the best movie ever! Oh, oh um, it's it's so bad. Oh, so Adam Shankman was the guy who he directed like a Walk to Remember and The Pacifier and the oh, new reflake of Hairspray. He was the dude. He was also a judge on seasons three to ten of So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, okay. So that was, he's that guy. Um, he's that guy. He's that guy. More kind of, um, I think that's more of the thing. He's like, he is that guy, that guy. So um, um, a, a few things that uh, that popped up that I was pretty excited for. Yeah. Um, the 
the new shows that are based on movies like Big Hero 6 and yeah. Zootopia Plus. Mm-hmm. Like Big Hero 6, in my opinion, just got completely swept under the rug because it came out right around the time that Frozen did. And we all know what happened when Frozen came out. Everyone lost their goddamn minds. Oh. <laughs> and were just, oh my God, Frozen, let it go, let it go. And, uh, and, and yeah, everyone was like, Big Hero 6, what is that? I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, like Baymax, in my opinion, is one of like the most lovable characters of all time. Like he's just, yeah, yeah. It it doesn't get any better than and like Zootopia like um, that was one of the first movies that uh, we showed to Charlie when he was younger mm-hmm. um, and like he's just both him and Aaron they love animals so yeah. I'm really excited for um, these shows that are coming out on Disney Plus that are based on these movies well um, especially, especially since sorry didn't mean to cut you off no you're good um especially since Zootopia, like it'll be uh, centered around like the, the DMV sloth and the dancing tigers. And like, by the way, like the DMV sloth is like the best, like if you want to call it casting, <laughs> I guess it is <laughs> like the best choice of animal for an employee at the DMV. Like without, you a know, God, God bless the people that work at the DMV. You know, it's not a knock on them, but like, Everyone can admit that things in the DMV go slow and uh, casting a sloth in uh, the role of a DMV employee is fucking fantastic. That's it's, um, it's fantastic. And yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. We did the same thing with our girls with Zootopia. Um, in fact, for a long time uh, with with my oldest, we would play. Uh, instead of cops and robbers, it was. The weasel. Okay. Somebody was the weasel and the other person was Judy Hopps and <laughs> running around and we'd shut, we are the jail would be the bathroom and they would, we'd close the door and then the person would open it up and we'd be like, no nail polish and like slam back the door. Right. Open it back up and be like, no lawyer and shut the door. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this got real, real quick. That's funny. <laughs> uh- but uh, yeah, uh, another one that I was kind of confused about until uh, like I had to read more about it and then watch like the very small trailer that they had. Mm-hmm. But the um, the Pixar movie, just Lightyear, uh, the one that's supposed to be based on the guy that's that Buzz Lightyear is based off of. Yes. You know, do you remember seeing that? Yeah, I do. And, like the casting for that is also excellent, like having Chris Evans voice. Lightyear is like incredible. Like, <laughs> like I couldn't have picked a better choice my, uh, myself. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's just great. No. Yeah. It's so funny. And then you have, when you have him playing and then you have all these other people, these diehard toy story fans, mm-hmm. which I think have to be shared off from like, the bad sect of star Wars fans, <laughs> you know, where sure. they're, they're the ones that are like, Oh no, it's not this place. It's not this right. We're going to tear it down. Dude, shut up. Um, <laughs> right. It's the star Wars stuff is made for kids and you're a nerd because you like it. 
that's great. That's awesome. It's not going to match your expectations. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Buzz Lightyear, having that thing where it's the real person instead of being voiced by Tim Allen, mm-hmm. having Chris Evans play it is just yeah so much easier to see that same character and you set the difference. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure yeah, if you've ever, you go to toy stores and you see, you know, you hear the recorded voice on the action figures mm-hmm. and they sound similar, but nothing alike. Right. Like, the like they people. both. Yeah. The uh, Tim Allen and Chris Evans, like they both have that very like uh heroic masculine tone or timber to their voice. Like, mm-hmm. oh, silver away. Like, <laughs> Avengers. I mean, not not like a Assemble. horse. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like you know, th- they both have that very like you know Americana. We're gonna save the day kind of feel to their their voice. So I'm I'm really excited about him. You know, getting into the voice acting realm and and especially in this capacity. You know, doing the voice for a film in one of my favorite Disney franchises of all time. It's very exciting. Could you imagine um, if they did a Toy Story version of the Marvel characters? And um, you had Tim Allen voicing Captain America uh, instead of Chris uh, Evans. Or, you know, you've got like C-list actors or impressionists. Right. Getting getting their voiceover debut in this little short. That, that would certainly be interesting. That would, um, it would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, we also, you know, we got a, um, you know, the little bit of a look into the theatrical uh live action slash animated thing on uh the chippendale rescue rangers yeah um, with john mulaney and andy sandberg pretty excited mm-hmm. about that i was a big chippendales um fan growing up so that's gonna Dude, be really exciting after school chippendale ducktales yeah and gargoyles uh, yes gargoyles uh, Oh, they need to do a Gargoyles movie with just full budget behind it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it would yeah. launch a whole new franchise. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but the, you also got Pinocchio. Right. Like yeah. Tom Hanks with Pinocchio. Mm, yeah, that's that's going to be awesome. That I'm really hoping, though, that especially since it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, that they change it slightly to where it's not going to be not necessarily change it, but kind of like make it more obvious of the subtle tones that were originally crafted into the film Mm -hmm. into the original where it was talking about the exploitation of the youth, not just in the regular everyday work, but in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure like that seems to be happening Uh, It seems to be a constant with the, these Disney remakes, um, you know, and and especially with the live action remakes is that they're making it a point to not just make the original movie button live action format. Like, you know, I I didn't see the new Mulan, but I've heard it, it was, you know, aside from the, the, the bone structure of the original, you know, 
kind of imported into the live yeah. action aside from that like it's pretty different like there wasn't any music um you know the the dragon voiced by eddie murphy he wasn't in the picture uh and then i've heard i haven't seen the live action lion king but i've heard that was a, a little different as well so yeah i could definitely see with the you know the live action um or reimagining of pinocchio them just doing something not completely different but yeah definitely different in some right it's it's totally different with especially so with lion king you had a nearly shot for shot remake you had some things that were kind of different Mm -hmm. um you know new song here or there but it was quite almost literally shot for shot yeah. Where all they did is update the animation. It's like, why is this called live action? All of these animals are CGI. This is not live action. This is animated. And it's a shot for shot remake. Yeah. Thank you, John Oliver, for playing this bird. You were fantastic at this voice. Trust me, <laughs> I like you so much better than whoever that other guy was. But uh, I, I can't remember who did the original voice of, uh, what was that, Zazu? Zazu, no. who played Zazu. I, only thing I remember is uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas playing <laughs> little Simba. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, having that and then, but then you have Mulan, which goes more of a historical mm-hmm. aspect to it. Right. It kind of goes this whole, um, it appeals mainly to the Chinese audience. Yeah. And on the Chinese yeah. fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, and that ended up not working out well for them at all. <laughs> like, apparently the Chinese uh, viewing audience fucking hated it. Like, um, fr- from what I've read. Like, yeah, they, were, they were not happy with it like, for whatever reason. I'm not sure. I wanted to sing along with Make a Man Out of You, but you couldn't let me do that? You took out Mushu. Who takes out Mushu? Yeah, yeah. You took I out know. Mushu. Did you yeah. put him in the guy pan? Come on. <laughs> See what you did there. The Chinese um, food I, joke. That's a Chinese food joke. Right. Uh, well, let's uh, let's move on from the, the Disney stuff to Star Wars. Um, oh, my gosh. We uh, so there was much, so much stuff. So much stuff. She's OK. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to have to hit the highlights if we want to include everything in this episode. Um. I don't know. I so as far as Star Wars stuff goes, like I'm really pumped about the Obi Wan Kenobi show. With, yes, without a doubt. Uh, that that's got me really excited. I'm I'm hoping that they can. Like the Mandalorian has really got me excited. And of course, we're gonna get to the Mandalorian here in, in just a little bit. But like the fact that they they pulled that off so well, like really has me excited for all this Star Wars stuff. Um, especially Obi-Wan Kenobi and bringing back Hayden Christensen and, um, uh, and, uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, uh, just has me really excited. Um, I don't know what Jeff, what are you stoked about in, in terms of the star Wars stuff? Um, I'll take E for everything. (laughs) Um, yes. Like Obi-Wan is going to be fantastic. I think, the biggest thing right now is that it has transitioned from Lucas and from Kathleen Kennedy to Dave Filoni. Yes. Uh, like I it's agree. been, and 
and John Favreau. Like it's been that that transition. People who have been in the industry but have been on the surely creative side, mm-hmm. both in front of the camera and behind, mainly behind for Dave in the writing yeah. for Dave Filoni, who started out, you know, with Avatar. Right. And how good that show was with Nickelodeon and having that expressive animated freedom and that deep, deep lore. I'm excited right. to see Obi-Wan and where they're going to take the Obi-Wan character in those missing years that we haven't seen. I'm incredibly stoked for Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am just going to go ahead and put it out there, um, which is, you know, again, the word on the street, they haven't officially released it or anything else, but having, uh, having our favorite blue guy, I'm just going to say it like that, um, within that role, having Ezra Bridger come back, Mm-hmm. having everybody, basically this Rebel sequel series being Ahsoka. Right. I can see that that happening. Um, the Bad Batch is going to be interesting. We're going to see more filler material that's going to, I think, pair up even better with Mandalorian. Now, the Bad Batch, I'm I'm not super familiar with that. Uh, it, that came out of the Clone Wars, didn't it? Yeah, the Clone Wars final season did a uh, did a short little three episode arc. So, and they kind of did it that way, where they started off with Ahsoka, and you got to see these two sisters in this kind of like lower end of Coruscant, which I imagine we're going to run into them in the Ahsoka series again, because um, mm-hmm. they're not just set up for nothing. You have then you have the three episode arc of the Bad Batch where, you know, Rex and the crew and they all have this conundrum that they have to figure out where all the droids are suddenly now uh, being able to predict what had happened, right? That final season, and that's where the Bad Batch comes from. And then you have, you know, the rest of the season where Ahsoka and and family, like, totally kick the crap out of everybody else in Mandalore. And this right. one of the best lightsaber fights I've ever seen in all of Star Wars <laughs> or in all of YouTube, Ahsoka yeah. versus Darth Maul. One other thing, uh, as far as the Star Wars stuff goes, Rogue Squadron. So I don't know if this is supposed to be oh. inspired by the N64 game or what, but like, I am pumped about this. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Patty Jenkins directing it, but I'm I'm holding out hope because it was one of my favorite N64 games of all time. Um, Jeff, thoughts? What, what, what do you think? I'm so excited for Rogue Squadron. Yeah. I trust. And I, here's what I'm going to say is that I trust Patty Jenkins. And this might end up biting me. It, it may. But <laughs> it, it, it may. But here's what I'll cite. Everybody loved the first Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Patty Jenkins directed that. It was set in a World War II style area. Right? Mm-hmm. Star Wars is based off of World War II. With the fighting and the ships battles and the, the dog fights. Sure. All of those are based off of World War II. 
So if anybody knows their way around that type of mindset within those characters, within Mm -hmm. the style of dogfighting and what it takes for the angles and what it takes to be better. It's Roger Deakins. (laughs) (laughs) If it's a female, I mean, I would, you know, if it's a girl, I'm definitely going to say, you know, Patty Jenkins is up there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who are up there, you know, and knowing that who's going to be better, but Patty Jenkins has been chosen for this role. I think she's going to do just fine. Mm -hmm. Like, and whether we all like it or not, or we trust her or not, we have to all admit to ourselves, we're still going to buy tickets. Right. We're still going to go see the freaking movie. Mm -hmm. And if we don't like it, we'll just see it five more times instead of ten. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We'll watch three or four less YouTube videos on how many Easter eggs are found inside this movie and how they tie into the rest of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Okay. Um, So, so let's move on to the Marvel slash MCU stuff. Um, Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here (laughs) as well. Um, (laughs) Like a lot, a lot like fantastic four is finally coming to the MCU. Uh, We got a, we got some, some hard set in stone dates. Uh, uh, release dates mm-hmm. as far as the Disney Plus shows, um, you know, like uh, WandaVision, um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, um, stuff like that. WandaVision, which, depending on the time of you're listening to this, is most likely airing now on Disney Plus on Fridays. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could, it's very possible that someone that's listening to this uh, WandaVision has already been out. Um, this, this episode is due out first week of January, which I believe is the sixth. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited for like everything basically, uh, <laughs> especially Falcon and winter soldier. Like, I think that is like the, the buddy cop comedy that, we need right now in, in the MCU. Like I'm, I'm so ready for it. <laughs> I am ready for a Marvel procedural. Yeah, that is, I mean, we got that with agents of shield. Mm-hmm. And then when agents of shield went completely like, okay, look, we're going to try to play inside the canon, And then they stopped playing inside the canon, and then started doing their own thing. And things just started going off the freaking rails. Well, that's what and I you're, heard. And you're just like, dude, it got so much better. Yeah. Like they went forward in time. They time jumped back and forth. They did their own thing. Everybody got their own powers. Like Quake and then Quake, who was a character, like a small character in comics, got blown up because of the show. Mm -hmm. It's now an essential character in, she was a, huge founding character in one of the Marvel animated shorts that's out now that you can see on Disney plus uh, and Disney now, like the girl adventures where it talks about Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. She is one of the founding people who helps out Miss Marvel and Miss America. And how you just like completely lead them as, you know, young, young girls. Right. Leading them right. to be women superheroes 
that's where they start off. And there is a good rumor that's going around that has gotten from several, uh, several places that Chloe Bennett, who plays Quake, is going to be in future Marvel properties and future more maybe a future Marvel movie. So that makes sense that if she's going to be in anything, she's going to be in Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. which they've already cast uh, Miss America, who apparently, again, according to rumors, to so take this with a grain of salt, is going to be appearing in WandaVision, which is going to yeah. set the whole thing, just explode everything. Spider-Verse. <laughs> everybody, yeah. gets a fa- everybody gets a Falcon. Loki decides to go crazy. And then decides to go back and become a detective. <laughs> Marvel zombies. <laughs> yeah, I am Groot. Uh, like <laughs> the Guardians of the uh, Galaxy holiday special. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I lost my shit when um, they announced Christian Bale uh, is cast in the, oh. the next Thor movie. Like, Thor I the I God Butcher. Oh my god! I know. Like, I I never heard of that character, but I'm like, I already know that dude's a fucking badass. Like, he owns, like, just, it's in the name. <laughs> Gore the God Butcher is the guy who is responsible and the main antagonist for Jane Foster becoming Thor for a while Mm -hmm. because he beats Thor within like an inch of his life. And he's the only person who has ever done that or come close. Right. And then Jane Foster's got to take over and that's where the whole like love and thunder portion comes in. Right. For sure. I'm that it's going to be so amazing. And then Shang-Chi it's like a Marvel version of Enter the Dragon. Yes, I'm so so excited for that. Like, oh, an, thing, fang, foom, man. Oh my gosh! Like an actual like like Ten Rings thing. Like, I'm I'm actually in the middle of a, uh, a reading a um no, it's not Spider Man. It's um Iron Man um mm-hmm. Iron Man uh, storyline and they just introduced the the rings and so i'm learning a little bit about that through the comic book lore so uh yeah pretty excited to learn a little bit a little bit more about that yeah. as it pertains to the comics so oh yeah and you'll you'll see that carry over right a lot right because that's i mean you'll see all the source material then you'll be the expert on the 10 rings and what the 10 rings mean where they come from you know why did Fing Fang Foom give them away? You know what they really are, mm-hmm. and that mindset. Um, but I do yeah. want to just talk for a second, really quick. Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is going to be interesting. Sam Raimi. <laughs> God, I love it. I love it so much. Okay, just that one scene. I want to take everybody back. To Spider-Man 2. And the scene where the arms are coming to life for the first time. Mm-hmm. And wreaking horrendous horror. On the nursing staff. And you see those fingernails come out. And squirreling back. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a shrill moment. And then you think of like Evil Dead. Right. And then you think of. I also come to mind with Army of Darkness. I'm like. That's going to be amazing. And I really yeah. hope in some form or fashion, Ash 
makes a appearance. I feel he's in, like he's in yeah, Marvel Zombies. I'm just saying he's in Marvel <laughs> Zombies. Right. But like having Sam Raimi direct that like like such such a great pick. This is my boomstick. Um, <laughs> ah, well, I see your boomstick and I raise you an eye of Agamotto. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, um, that's sh- that's gonna be fantastic. Um, yeah, um, Doctor Strange Eternals is gonna be. I'm iffy. That's the only Marvel property that has been announced that I'm mm-hmm. iffy on. Secret Invasion, I knew it was gonna happen. You know, once you bring in the what had happened in the past few movies, is bound to happen, right? Right. Um, Armor Wars. Yeah, Don Cheadle needs money. Great. <laughs> Don Cheadle needs money. <laughs> That's the subtitle in my mind to Armor Wars. Armor Wars. Don Cheadle needs money. I, uh, soon with Disney Plus. I, I love the idea of Ironheart. Like someone uh, reverse engineering Tony Stark's armor. Like, like Have you that- seen the comic for that? Uh, I want to say yes. Like, dude, she's feel, awesome. Yeah, I feel like I I had a I, I saw a glimpse of it either at the comic book store or maybe at McKay's. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, no, I, I'm I'm definitely excited about that. And then the the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, I, I guess that's uh, set to come out next next um, uh, Christmas 2023. Really? Is is yeah. it really two years away? Damn. It's two right. it's it's two years away. Um uh, there's there's a lot sense. of there's a lot of stuff to to happen. Oh no, excuse me. 2022. Oh, okay. I can't read. That's my problem. You're doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm I'm trying. Huh? Uh yeah, so I, I spoke briefly about Fantastic Four. So I know we haven't had a great track record with Fantastic Four, like, at all, um, but I'm glad that they're finally bringing it to the MCU. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping that this kind of confirms the the fan theory that um, Stark sold Stark Tower in New York um, because... Uh, the Fantastic Four bought it and became the Baxter building. Uh, yes. Like yeah. that, that fan theory is like one of the very few fan theories to me that like actually made sense. Like when, you know, I heard it, I, I think it was a YouTube video that I watched and the dude brought up all these points to why it could be true. I was like, all that makes perfect sense. Um, and now that we finally have confirmation that Fantastic Four is coming into the MCU, I'm like, like, I don't know. I'm I'm holding out hope that it's it's going to be good. And I think do they confirm John Krasinski as um, Mr. Fantastic? Uh, no. That that's just kind of like hearsay. Or that is hearsay. Know. Him and Emily Blunt, um, you know, being the husband and wife team that they are. Mm-hmm. One, if they, if that doesn't happen. I think people will be disappointed <laughs> because right. in all honesty, I want to see Reed Richards look through the blinds and just give the camera 
a gym face. <laughs> yeah. Um, like randomly or somebody from like the Hall of Richards or something, you know, like just hanging out with the watchers and he just kind of like looks and just kind of goes that, you know, that shrug little kind of grin or he, you know, he's talking with the human torch and he's like, look, I need you to promise to be on your best behavior with this girl that, that's coming over tonight. Okay. Be on the best behavior. Uh, sorry. I already promised somebody else that I'd be on my worst behavior. <laughs> sorry. Um, with, uh, with operation overthrow and everything. Uh, right. In, <laughs> I would out- like to, I would like to join the fist. Well, um, actually, unfortunately, uh, you you've been denied, so you've, sorry. You, you've been. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, so let's... somebody comes out as being assistant to the assistant to the general manager of the, of the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. <laughs> if John Kras- if John Krasinski comes in in the Fantastic Four, Rain Wilson has to make his appearance <laughs> as they're like Butler. Or right. like general manager, or, you know, assistant to the general manager. I'm assistant to Mr. Fantastic. Or like Samuel L. Chang. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mr. Like some, Storm. Somebody. <laughs> threat level midnight. <laughs> they need to make a threat level midnight Marvel movie. Uh, I've heard so that the, the full threat level midnight movie is available on YouTube. Like. The, yes, uh, it I, is. I haven't I haven't watched it, but I have. It is absolutely is. the best thing you have ever seen. With the that's, exception of those previously stated that we've already stated in this episode. Yeah, I was about to say that's high praise for it's, <laughs> free YouTube uh, viewing. Do you remember watching Community and you had like. They had like, you know, Power Fist or not Power Fist, like. uh power kick or whatever it was like their super negative thing like their cheesy movie was uh i think so Uh, i was never a big watcher of community it's been on my list of things to watch but um one you're gonna absolutely enjoy the heck out of it and you probably will get enjoy abed so much more um but it's it is that level of cheese. It is the cheesy 80-ish movies. It fits right in with the original Captain America movie. Oh, yeah? So that cheesy early 90s crap? Yeah. Okay. It's there. Well, Sorry, Michael of, Scott. <laughs> speaking of uh, Michael Scott and Captain America... Um, how about that Mandalorian season two? No, that was a terrible segue. I apologize that that (laughs) That was the one that was the best segue ever. Yeah, no false. (laughs) I, uh, I will say that that is a bear and a beat of a segue. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I only cried. I only cried like 17 times. Um, and in my opinion, there was hardly an ounce of fat in this season. Um, it was perfectly paced, and each episode made perfect sense and fit in with the others. Like there wasn't anything that I was like that seems out of the left field. Like I 
I fucking loved it. It stayed true to its like space Western form. Um, it, it did. And then it, it deepened the lore. I liked seeing, uh, okay. So much. I'm trying to organize my thoughts because right now they're yeah. just in a pleasure bubble. It's yeah. like, if you imagine There's definitely a lot to unpack here, if you imagine Grogu and all those like beautiful eggs from the frog lady, mm-hmm. those are my thoughts right now. And I'm like Grogu up against the glass, like all those pleasurable thoughts. Um, that was weird anyway, <laughs> but you have, okay. So you have like one, the crate dragon, mm-hmm. which not only like explains everything on how Boba Fett got out. Right. In the, you know, in a throwaway line and how the armor came back and whatever, how the sand, it, how Tuscan Raiders work. And how we got to like deepen that man, that lore that we haven't seen before ever mm-hmm. on how the Tuscan Raider culture is. Um, then we get yeah, to see freaking really Bo-Katan cool. in the live action, in her whole thing. And the whole, like, you know, Mandalorians helping out Mandalorians. Yeah, totally get that. But then there, I think if, if anything, no, there wasn't, there wasn't even a filler. Like, I don't think there was one filler episode. I mean, there's no room for filler episodes. It's only eight episodes uh, yeah. per season so far. Um, so there, there really isn't any room for filler episodes. Uh, no, which is yeah. great. But but yeah, that first first episode of season two, like I was like the girl from the ring when they open up the closet. It's like I saw her face and like you open up the closet and the girl's like, ah, like the jaws, like two, <laughs> feet, two feet off of her face. Like that was me the entire episode, like especially the last like 20 minutes where just crazy shit is going down. I was like. This is the first episode. Like, holy shit, what is happening? Like, insanity. Like, so good. Um, And the, like, the effects. Like, okay, so fast forwarding a lot to uh, precisely to the very end. Like, right. They, they're getting a lot better with the, the, the face swapping and facial regeneration business. Uh, with obviously I'm talking about the, the cameo of Luke, Luke Skywalker played um, by Mark Hamill and, and DH. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that was done. I'm not, but uh, all I got to say is that technology is catching up finally. Um, I mean, I still think that stuff like this should be used sparingly, you know, it's, you know, like a, like a fine spice, just, just a little bit, just a sprinkle. Uh, but yeah, just a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, but like, holy shit, it, it got me. Um, and, and I, it was almost enough feels for me to forget the fact that it was spoiled for me. <laughs> oh my Did gosh. You, uh, did you see my post on Facebook by I, chance? Like I that, did. You were just morning? so I mad. Was like, you were dude, living. Like, I know. I, I was, it, it was like seven o'clock that morning. Like it, it's kind of like one of my morning traditions. Like before I get up out of bed, I check mm-hmm. my notifications and, you know, I see if I got anything urgent that 
I got to spring I, out of bed for. Um, I think that's the most first world person who has a phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're going to get um, up out of bed and we're going to be in the bathroom and we are going to check our phones on where right. we're at. And, yeah. Okay. I've got all these notifications. Ooh, I got new followers on TikTok. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's uh, there was this Facebook group that I am no longer a part of. Um, I, I, it was <laughs> something really, really geeky, like the, the Alliance of Star Wars fanatics or some shit. Like that. <laughs> but uh, like there, there was a, there's a rule in the group that they allow spoilers and seven o'clock Friday morning, the day that episode came out, I, I'm not sure if the episode is released at midnight or what. I'm assuming that new episodes are released at midnight. It's like um, it's midnight Pacific time, so it comes out about three in the morning for Eastern two and et cetera. Okay, okay, but yeah. So I was like, "You dickhead!" Like it's seven o'clock the day of that this like not everyone has the opportunity to stay up until midnight to watch the fucking show like he was like there's no need to call me names or use that language like uh th- this group allows spoilers and i was like that doesn't make it right <laughs> like this is an integral part of the show like and like he disabled comments on his posts like 5 minutes after that because <laughs> I was not the only one giving him shit for that. Um, anyways, that's that's a, another side tangent that I unfortunately went off on. But I, I was obviously I'm still a little heated that it, it was spoiled for me because it's Jeff, as you know, it was a, a huge moment in this season, right? Yeah. It. Yeah. If one. I had parts of it. I'm right there with you. I had parts of it spoiled for me as well. I tried my best to stay off of any social media. I knew Facebook for me and the groups that I'm in wasn't going to be as bad. Um, Twitter is my bad point because I can't filter that. Right. And the people that I follow or even the people that I follow that retweet the other people or the suggestions of whatever that appears in my feed come up and are like, Oh my gosh, guys, you can't wait. I'm like, dude, shut up. I see that. And I'm just like, Nope, <laughs> I don't want to check any. Nope. And then I watched that last episode and I'm like a single X wing. Okay. Who could that be? <laughs> who, could, who could that be? Oh, this is dark roaded robed figure. Oh, with a green lightsaber. I think I know this person. Like I right. played, I played really dumb. I willingly that, played dumb while see, I watched the episode, so I could yeah get that. Yeah, that's that's what I do anytime I watch a movie. Like I just I turn my brain off. That that whole part of your brain that tries to figure things out before they're actually revealed on screen, I shut that shit down because I want to be genuinely surprised by stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to be, I want to be genuinely surprised by by some twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones, depending on how invested in the movie I am. Right. For me, like I could tell. Um, but with others, like, especially kind of with star Wars, like 
I, I'm with you. I will sometimes willingly turn my brain off. Or if it's something that the lore that I've already watched has established. Or like in the first case of like the Marvel, something that I've read with Cobb Vath. Mm-hmm. Where he, Cobb Vanth, excuse me, where he was in the Aftermath novels and made his appearance. And it's like, okay, we're doing this now. Okay. These, the whole story people that we all heard about earlier. Okay. This is kind of cool. Sure. But then you hear this like absolute pandemonium. And then I notice, I know I did notice something though, this episode. Um, and I'm not sure if anybody else noticed it. Probably did. The lines that Luke did parodies his father in Rogue One with the Dark Troopers. Uh, um, with the how so? So, um, Darth Vader in Rogue One, right? The first time we actually get to see Darth Vader in person, it being legitimately Darth Vader. Right. Right. Where he just goes absolute bonkers, lifts people up to the ceiling, you know, prevents the whole thing and goes, you know, force nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I thought this is exact same thing. I was like, this is very reminiscent of that, you know, second to last scene in the movie where he just goes balls to the wall, you know, throwing dudes around like nothing. But then and, and all that happened and you see that and he does that final crush where he crushes the heart inside mm-hmm. a very dark side move. Um, right. But Luke, Luke Skywalker's like a kid playing with gasoline. He has no idea. Right. He doesn't know the good side from the dark right now. He's a Bendu. He doesn't care. He knows the dark side, like the super dark side, but he doesn't know like how force lightning can suddenly hurt you. Oh, no, wait, he does. Thanks, palps. <laughs> All right. Do it. I can feel your anger. <laughs> I can feel your anger. I can't do a good Palpatine. Stormtrooper. 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 No, no, you will die. <laughs> I can't what do the a heck is it a, What the heck is an aluminum falcon? <laughs> wait, wait. What what the hell is an aluminum falcon? <laughs> God. What do you mean they blew it up? <laughs> uh shit. Okay. Um so but, oh uh, dude. Yeah. La- f- yeah, go the, final thoughts on Mandalorian season 2. Final thoughts Mandalorian season 2. The point of that I got most excited about not only Luke Skywalker saying and setting up Rey with his line of without talent or without training, talent is useless. Mm-hmm. Which is a not only a life skill that everybody needs to take heed of. True. Um, and sets up and explains Ray and how wandering and pointless she is in the first two films. And then finally, when she gets training, she's good and you know has direction in the third. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we get to explain that path from here in this Easter egg. But the best point 
for me, the most surprising aspect that wasn't spoiled for me was R2-D2 coming out. Dude, I was like, oh no, it's R2. And R2-D2 came works. out. Right. I didn't, I didn't cry, but I was like, it's R2. <laughs> yeah. So good. I, I screamed at the TV worse than the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio recognizing something else on TV. <laughs> like it was, it was that. And I was like, and the fact that he recognized there's a rumor thing going around that is like, he recognized Grogu mm-hmm. and was excited to see him again. Hmm. Which interesting. Lucas points out that R2D2 is the person of who the whole Star Wars films the perspective that they're being told by. You know, I've heard that. Because right, his mind has not has never been white. Mm-hmm. And even in the Clone Wars saga, um we don't his mind's not wiped ever. Right. It's always C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Which we find out is kind of pointless. <laughs> in episode nine. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, backups. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So transitioning from the Mandalorian, hard right turn, left turn. Um, uh, kind of diving back into super superhero stuff with Wonder Woman 84. Um. <clears throat> I got some complicated feelings about this movie. Um, oh, you do? Once again, um, you know, spoiler alert. So for those that haven't seen it yet. Uh, so this movie came out on Christmas Day. It was available on HBO Max and uh, in theaters. Uh, I, I guess only AMC. Um, yeah. At the... Regal is shut down. AMC and Cinemark. I think I don't think Cinemark shut down. Uh, for those listeners who have Cinemark, um, mm-hmm. but AMC national chain is besides like AMC and Regal. Yeah. Are the only ones working right now. Yep. Um, so overall I liked it. I thought it was. Okay. Generally an okay film. Um, okay. I, I, I thought that the acting performances were pretty good. Um, I, I thought they were mm-hmm. great by Godot and uh, both her and wig. I thought they were great in their respective mm-hmm. roles, um, especially considering the material that they had to work with. I thought that the script was not great to, uh, to put it lightly. Um, uh, I just thought that the, the storyline and plot for the most part, it was just a tired storied cliche that we've seen over and over again. Like, like I get like, like it was a comic book. Kinda like, I mean, (laughs) like, like you, like I, like it played out like a comic book. And so that part I appreciated, like, Mm -hmm. like it felt like a comic book story, but it also felt like, just a very tired movie trope or, 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 you know, cliched storyline that mm-hmm. we've all seen like a million times, you know, like the whole, the everyone making fun of avatar because it's just a rip off of Fern Gully, which is just a rip off, rip off of 
Shakespeare in love, which is just, you know, uh, just being ridiculous at this point. But to say, I've never heard the Ferngal in Shakespeare in love. I have heard Avatar in Ferngully. Yes. Um, but no, I was not. Just, I was just being stupid. Shakespeare in love. I thought, I, um, I honestly thought that Ferngully was a ripoff of Short Circuit. And then. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That, um, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm also. Kidding. Anyways, Jeff, what, what what are your thoughts on Wonder Woman 84? Um, my thoughts on Wonder Woman 84. No, no. Ferngully was a ripoff of The Godfather. That's what it was. <laughs> All right. What it was. Anyway. Um, no. So Wonder Woman 84. I. I enjoyed it as well. One of the things that kind of set me off or set me into the mindset is that it played out like a Linda Carter Wonder Woman episode. For sure. Yeah. Like it, it played out like a Linda Carter episode, like the typical season that you would see in Linda Carter. One yeah, of the things had, like it had that little bit of like 80s cheese factor to it. Right. And yeah. it was prefaced in the mm-hmm. whole film. If you paid attention with to the, the title way, to the <laughs> right, not only to the title, but the title gives you the setting, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that the title uh, appeared on screen. It appeared on screen in a moving full color shot. Establishing mm-hmm. in digital lines. And then turning down right into WW84. Right. Tell me that's not the most cheesy 80 action film opening <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I, that's the <laughs> opening to Total Recall. Yeah. I didn't pay much attention to that. Like, I, I do know what you're talking about. I do recall seeing that. Right. Um, I was just paying attention mostly to the, uh, the, the look and feel of the opening scene. And I was in awe, honestly, because the, the opening of the first wonder woman, I'm I'm not going to say it wasn't great. Like it, it was, it was fun to watch, but the CG was so like over overbearing, I guess. Like it was so incredibly like you, so transparently CG like you could tell that they're just in this big warehouse like but the opening establishing shot um, you know the big land swooping landscape shots like you could tell that they actually filmed on location somewhere um, you oh, know, they, they, obviously without they did, a doubt yeah yeah obviously they did use some green screen work you know with the uh, the arena and the the competitions and stuff but like you know the big big you know I don't know if it was drone or helicopter shots, you know, over the mountains and stuff like that was real life. That, that was a location. Um, and that I definitely appreciated because that the, you know, the CG in the first one really took me out. But yeah, um, I I'm, I'm right there with you. The CG in the first one kind of acted more like Justice League. Yeah. Uh, where everything was like Sin City. Mm-hmm. Almost. But with this one, I, I did really enjoy the on-location shoots, um, in particular DC. Yeah. Um, and it's only for a personal reason, because I came from DC like a year ago. Mm-hmm. So I all of DC is still fresh in my mind. And seeing one of the best parts of DC for me was the subway. 
absolutely adore the DC subway. Okay. What uh, about the DC subway? Have you been there? No, I have not. Okay. So inside the DC subway one, they captured it beautifully in this movie. The inside of the subway, every single subway station in DC looks like that. They're at the grant. They're at one of the central like exchanging hubs right there Mm -hmm. within that scene. But every one of them has that big inside spacious tunnel with the almost like Roman architecture. I um, where it's like the the squares, the indented cubes that are all across that are in there, and you have the red brick Mm -hmm. everywhere else where it feels designed with a purpose to where it takes out the noise of the subway. Hmm. You have sound you have sound muffling on the top of the subway, the long gigantic escalator that they go down is right. like that. It's like that. I remember seeing that and being like, Oh my gosh, this is a gigantic escalator. <laughs> this would be fun to slide down one day. Right. I didn't get to officially, but <laughs> I mean, still going in there and riding the subway. And going to those stations, that was that took me back and going been there. And then going to the Smithsonian and seeing like the Air and Space Museum and seeing the fact that it still looks like that. Even if it looked like that from 84, and they're still saying it looked like that from in 1984. Mm-hmm. Um it still looks like that now on the inside. None of those pieces have changed. Nice. So, I mean, they were shooting in 2017. They wrapped in 2018. Um, No, excuse me. They filmed it all from June to December of 2018. So, all of those aspects, right, you know, a year later, still there. But the Smithsonian Park, they shot a lot of scenes in Memorial Park because of where she worked at the Smithsonian, which all of that, you know, as you know, group of museums um which fun fact just in case all you listeners don't know when you go to dc if you go to dc all of those museums are free yeah so yeah that's one thing that fucking kicks ass about dc all all the free stuff that's all the free stuff that's in dc um but the street like right in front of the capitol building um where all of the people are panicked and you see that shot down that, that cliche shot straight down, like being there for me to see that. And I could honestly go for the first time that I've ever seen in a new movie. I could go been there, <laughs> been there, been there, been there. Um, That's cool. My, my wife was, we were watching, I was watching it with my wife and she was like, well, you just shut up. <laughs> um, So, I mean, that part was fun to, to see all those parts with the principal location I mean, and they shot in London. They saw it in Duxford. They saw it in uh, the Canary Islands. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where um, the mascara is. They they shot in Andalusia, Spain. They 
have, you know, little time jumps here and there. And they brought a lot of the the main comic book aspects to this character back to Wonder Woman. Um, right. The invisible jet. Mm hmm. They brought in. Um, with, you know, her whole Zeus making it invisible thing. I liked how they how they did that and how it added, it added tension. Right. To this aspect, it was very, you know, cheesy. But when they started doing that and I saw the jet, I'm like, I think they're going to do invisible jet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that was a lot of fun. I, I like yeah. that. And, and then when she started flying, um, I, I mean, I, I'm not too super familiar with the, the wonder woman comics and, and the lore that goes behind it. So, uh, um, she, I'm she flew sure. in the comics. She flies in the comics. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wasn't sure, but, uh, I, I, I thought that that was pretty well done. Um, I, I didn't think it was too cheese ball. Um, you know, I, I thought there was an appropriate amount of cheese ball and yeah. cheese, uh, cheesiness to, to the movie. Um, that, that was kind of like the least of my, um, issues with it, you know, not yeah. really eye-rolly when it comes to that so the only thing um eye rolly that i have is one the lasso of truth and the way that lasso of truth acts okay so okay one they're in um they're in egypt right which is most likely shot in spain Mm-hmm. And they are, you know, driving down this highway, action scene with a whole bunch of big trucks, explosions happening, trucks crashing. Three kids are playing football in the middle of the street. Right. And I'm thinking, you kids seriously don't hear the big trucks, the explosions, all this other stuff happening 3,000 yards away? <laughs> I felt the Nashville blast in my home. You're telling me you don't feel those blasts? Like what? Did did you really feel it? Yeah. Wow. We were at 6:30. It was 6:30 in the morning. We felt it, and we thought they were still doing construction on Christmas Day. Wow. Um, that, that's crazy that you felt it. Um, being yeah, so close. There were. Uh, yeah, we're. I mean, you live in Antioch, right? Yeah, I live in Antioch. So, um. For those people who are not in Nashville, that's uh, also known as the Southeast Ghetto of <laughs> uh, Nashville. But those three kids playing football. I'm like, you guys don't hear this? What? what? Right. And then, you know, she cheesily saves the kids. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But she has to, like, in an illustration of her losing her powers based on the wish, she loses the grip on the lasso of truth. And then five seconds later, the lasso is back on her hip. Hmm. I'm like, does this thing act as like Spider-Man webbing or like retractable thing? How does this work? Like, I, I don't get the like she can lasso. She takes it off to lasso things. Mm-hmm. But does then she put it back on? She's lassoing lightning and it's not back on her hip. Right. So. Maybe a continuity error, but that happened like a, a few times. And even in the final 
um, in the third act right there at the climax where she's like, you know, slyly using the lasso of truth around his foot. Um, which now, if you watch it chronologically with Wonder Woman 84 and then uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, with her and Aquaman makes total sense on how she would do that for a laugh. To this day, I still have not seen Aquaman. I I don't know why. Um, obviously, I, I have HBO Max, so I can go watch it. You I can. just, I just for whatever reason haven't gotten around to watching it. I I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah, it's Superman underwater. <laughs> that's that's what I've heard more. Or or it's kind of more like Thor underwater. Okay, with Aquaman. Um. Sure. Um, but I, anyways, I kind of want to see Namor. Sure. Probably, um, he's probably like a black Adam, but, but yeah, no wonder woman 84 was, um, I liked it. I don't get the hate. I don't get my whole thing is it's, it's not that bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll agree. Like it's, it's not that bad. Like it's, it didn't blow my socks off. It didn't blow my hair back. But, uh, but I enjoyed it, you know, like I, I still hold true to what I was saying earlier about the Star Wars movies, how you just, you know, you, you got to learn to enjoy something and, and not take things so seriously every once in a while. So, and this is a case where I need to take a helping, uh, heaping spoon of my own medicine, um, and just enjoy it for what it is. Uh, piece of entertainment yeah plain and simple it was a piece of entertainment i think they did the best with cheetah that they could Mm -hmm. um kristen wig i think she sold the show yeah i i feel like her they dragged i i think they dragged her arc out too long like they should have brought her in as cheetah a lot sooner instead of like the third act yeah well, I thought it was appropriate. I mean, they did a. When I watched it, I'm like, yeah, they're OK. They're doing a typical five act structure. OK, great. I hate this. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. I. As a writer, the five act structure completely throws everything I've learned previously out the window and it just frustrates the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a completely different topic. Um, but still them doing that, I think it did take the appropriate amount of time, especially since she had to say the cheesy line for that wish. Like, I want to be a apex predator because I'm so sick of humanity. Yeah. I mean, by, by that point, (laughs) things had gotten a little ridiculous, like with all the wishing and stuff and, Pedro Pascal's character where he's like, wish for everything. Give me your wishes so I can grant them and then take advantage of your wishes. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, not gonna lie. He killed it. I mean, he played that character really, really well. Yeah. Like, just that over the top, you know, cheesy dude, cheesy, you know, uh, TV salesman, con man. Yeah. That, that that was a yeah. big thing in the eighties, right? Like those Ponzi mm-hmm. schemes and pyramid schemes and and all that shit that, that people the, lost tons of money on. Um, 
romp. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Um, okay, look, I already heard my name come up in conversation. Okay. <laughs> look, I'm not going to confirm nor not confirm all the big things that happened to me in the 80s or how so, Maxwell Lord is actually based on me. Okay. Look, I've had okay. the Maxwell Lord come up to me, you know, tears in his eyes, saying, look, Donald J. Trump, you are like the best president ever. This was in the 80s? Okay, look, there's so much time that happens between all the things. It was in the 80s. Look, you could talk to experts, okay, about things that happened in the 80s. He right. said I was the best president, and I was like, of my foundation? He's like, yes. I was like, okay. But I was like, you know what? You give me a good idea. I took the good idea, and I just, you know, I ran with it, and now, you know, here I am. You know, I'm the best president of all time ever. Right up there yeah. with uh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right. Well, yeah. Um, so, any, yeah. Go, go ahead with final closing thoughts on Wonder Woman. Final closing thoughts on Wonder Woman. Uh, okay. So I have two. Okay. Uh, first off, on the movie. Um, the movie left one plot string for me, kind of unresolved, which was what happened to the Wishing Stone after. It disappeared-ish out of Maxwell Lord. Like, did it reappear somewhere else? Is it just Mm -hmm. gone into his bloodstream and later he will poop it out? So we'll become the wish poop. I'm going to go with that one. Um, That's the best. (laughs) The wish poop. (laughs) Well, (laughs) hi (laughs) ho! God damn it. I'm full of voices. Um, But so, you know, what happened... With that, did that wish poop suddenly, is that the character that it turned into? Like, is that how DC and South Park are related? We don't know. It comes out as Miguel Gothin from Dogma. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shit demon! (laughs) Pops out of a bar in the middle of nowhere where Salma Hayek (sighs) is uh, dancing almost topless. Being Salma Hayek. Um... It Anyways. pops. It pops out as the Matt Damon version of Loki. Oh my god! It'd be the trickster. Uh, anyway, um, so that part kind of ir- irritated me, uh, along with the fact that it was a small time jump and it was Christmas, and I'm like, I feel like they shot this in like post after everything was done mm-hmm. when they finally reannounced it was going to come out on Christmas. Just so they could say it's somewhat of a Christmas movie. I don't. Eh, I don't know. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I, I feel like that. There's just a happy coincidence. I could a be happy wrong, coincidence but... that it it came out on Christmas and it had a Christmas scene in the movie. Sure, why not? Let's what is it? Die Hard. Jaws. Know. No, get <laughs> it, get it. Die Hard because it's not a traditional Christmas movie. Do it's you a, get it? Do you get it? So is Iron Man three. Iron Man three is not a traditional Christmas movie. Uh, no, it's just a movie we all try to forget, but I mean, that's okay too. Uh, uh, poor Iron and, Man 3. Poor Iron Man. Uh, anyway, I, and, I, and then. I like it, except for all the extremist bullshit. Well, okay, the extremist is fine if that was the actual plot to it and not like this, you know, looky loo 
fucking um i am the mandarin, mandarin. yeah like like the mandarin isn't even the uh, don't don't get me started yeah. don't don't nope. get started david don't get started we're not this we're not this place. is a dc dc show dc show right yeah, yeah re- uh, reel it in reel it in <clears throat> okay and second thing final thoughts on just wonder woman the character okay um i did not know this until this show and doing research for this show um that wonder woman was made up by a guy who was going under the pen name of Charles Moulton. His real name was William Marston. Um, and the wonder woman super fans in the audience are going, yes, yes, we don't get on with it. Um, he was a psychologist. His, his wife and him both invented the early prototype of the lie detector. Hmm. He was a self-help author. And with his wife, Elizabeth, and their polyamorous life partner, Olive, influenced Wonder Woman's creation. Interesting. I'm like, so that explains a lot about (laughs) Wonder Woman. (laughs) That explains a lot. (laughs) Okay, one... She has a lasso of truth, so and how truth is above everything else. Okay, so there's the self-help part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have how her only weakness early on in her in her run, her only weakness was having her gauntlets tied up by a man. I'm dead serious. Look it up. Her okay. only weakness at the time was having her gauntlets tied up by a man. It's like BDSM in a comic. And that makes total sense when you're influenced by this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, well, there goes the psychologist part, as well as the polyamorous life partner. <laughs> um. But then I have a question. This might have been answered in the first movie. I couldn't remember. Okay. How do the people on Themyscira reproduce? Oh, boy. <clears throat> Was that answered in the first movie? You know, I'm not sure. Um, there's there's all the all the chicks. And there's nothing but chicks, which I totally get. And I'm like, do they have like a secret stash of semen somewhere? Which just have a sperm like, depository in a way, like cryogenically, like just stashed away. Right. Like, are they just, do they have like a secret? All the guys are just like building stuff. Right. Or hunting and no, they're not hunting because the women hunt. Right. So. Um, yeah, I, I are the don't. Dudes like, I don't have chained up for you. Are they chained up like Zap Brannigan or like Snoo Snoo? Like, what is this? It, it seems like there's no dudes in the picture at all whatsoever. So, uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I, I don't think it was answered in the movie. I could be wrong, but I don't remember that. Um, and I just recently rewatched it in preparation for this movie. So, uh, yeah. 
that Anyways. that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but I will say that the movie did hold true to Wonder Woman's key theme, which was defeating the villain, the main villain, with love. Mm-hmm. And not with fists. Sure. Yeah. And that goes that goes back to who Wonder Woman is at her core. Mm-hmm. So I mean I will I will say that people are like, oh no, that's kind of dumb. It's like, well that's Yeah, but then you have the that source material. That's the source yeah. material. You have the the father and the son being reunited and the kid going in the cheesy line, but still when you're a dad, you get it. Mm-hmm. So much yep. more. I love you because you were my dad. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, that, oh. that part got me. Yeah. After, after everything, I was still like, oh my God, <laughs> he just wants his daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It got me. Yeah. My wish came true, dad. It wasn't the wish that brought me to you. It wasn't yeah. the wish. All right, so um, let's let's put a pretty bow on this and and sign off this bitch. Um, this uh, why is it gonna be a woman? Um, it, it this is this is a non <laughs> non gendered bitch. This is a metaphysical metaphorical uh, biatch. Um, I don't I don't know. It, it's it's a thing. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna sign off this thing. Um, put a bow tie on. <laughs> Right, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank I want to be like this. Thank you so much for for coming on and doing this episode with me. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I love being here. And anytime you need me, just yeah, give me a you know, give me a shout. Absolutely. And once again, thank you for for supporting the the podcast um, via Patreon. Um, your your money has gone to. Uh, Buying lots of cocaine and hookers, my friend. No. <laughs> oh, good. Very good. It's a very positive release. Right. right. Um, to making sure that all the stress that happens with this podcast does not go out on your wife and kids. It, exactly. It goes no. out through the cocaine and the hookers. Yes. No. All the money that we get from our Patreon, it, it basically goes right back into the podcast, you know, improving the the show in general and um, we're basically saving right now. Um, we're hoping yeah. that con- convention season r- ramps up again soon. And, um, you know, booth fees are not cheap. So we're hoping no, they are to, not. We're hoping to uh, take some of our Patreon funds and put it towards that. So I will I will uh, say as a as somebody who does support you on Patreon and someone who subscribes to the podcast, uh, I will say that if you are not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, if you. you are not if you're not supporting, go ahead and start supporting um, for as little as like five dollars a month. Dude, you do so much more to help this podcast. Um, Thank you. That is thought. So it's the cost of a happy meal a month. And if yeah. you are eating a happy meal and you are an adult, please question your life. <laughs> and I, then well, question the the five dollars and give it to patreon with the geek garage podcast please and thank you we'd love to accept your funds <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you jeff that that was very sweet I, I appreciate it um 
it's it always feels a little awkward like saying hey if you like giving strangers your money then hit us up on patreon um but yeah, for, yeah. It, it goes a long way coming from an actual donor to to a donor saying it's worth my both my time and money so um we we greatly appreciate it so yeah and i um my pleasure and i will i will say that i've gotten more than one person uh asking me about the geek garage podcast every time i've worn the shirt oh yeah Uh, that's cool yeah whether it's been skating or which by the way uh sometimes you can you know you catch me skating yeah, uh, that, inside that, the Geek Garage that. podcast shirt. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I think there's a video on the interweb somewhere of me skating in that shirt. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm ollieing over a cone <laughs> for that. Anyway, yeah, that's um, more than I can say for myself. I never felt steady on a skateboard. Whoop. The, the rollerblades were always where where it was at for me. I, I always yeah. felt good on the rollerblades. That's but, a, hey, you know what? Skate Nashville. It's not too. Go to Asphalt Beach or whatever, and they'll hook you up. Um, yeah, dope. Anyway, you know me. I'm a apparently I'm a commercial for a lot of people now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I will say I will say this that uh, you know being a, a supporter has not hurt my pocket as much as I thought uh, being a Patreon supporter of somebody would. Well, that's good. So. I mean, that's a plus, yeah. you know, worked it relatively easy into my budget and was great. Um, the free shirts killer, mm-hmm. um, which honestly, like it's one of my favorite shirts now because that bright red color that you gave me, like just dude, I love it. That That's awesome. Um, so I, mean, I greatly appreciate it again. And, and I made it with my bare hands. Um, you did. So and your uh, actual skin hands as well. Being put inside the bare hand gloves right. that used to operate this sheet press uh, uh, that you got off of fighting a bear with your bare right. hands. Yes. The bear was completely confused on what happened. And the bear was like, it started to fight me, but all of a sudden I had his bare hands. You had bare hands fighting and, this and it, bear. Right. And he was and wondering why you were attacking him over his beats right. and his Battlestar Galactica shirt. <laughs> Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, we are officially going to sign off. We we've gone off the rails. We've gone back on the rails. We've and now we're we're signing off off the rails. So, um, Jeff, once again, thank you, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you made it this far into the episode, uh, as always, thank you, and I'm sorry. Um, uh, and thank as you, always, and I'm sorry. Uh, yes. I always say it's it's always that I say that and I say be kind stay geeky and eat lots of cheesecake welcome to 2021 everyone thank you and goodbye <laughs>